The journey was nine days long, but for Mary, I'm sure it felt like an eternity. When you find yourself on a journey, how do you react? What do you look for? It's your morning meditation. So this past week, one of the memories that popped up on my Facebook feed was this memory of me getting my college diploma. And while I would love to say that it happened a long time ago, well, it only just happened four years ago. And watching the videos of me walking across that stage at Kent State and, and getting my diploma and hearing my family yell for me and cheer for me, well it kind of makes me smile because I like to think back at all of the headaches that I had, all of the sleepless nights that I had. In order to get my, my degree, I had to work full time at night and then go to school during the day. And as much as I hated it and I didn't want to do it, in the end, well, it was all worth it. And that was just part of the journey of my life. In fact, all of our lives are wrapped up in a bunch of little journeys that make one big giant journey. And, well, when we think about it, when we look back on it, there's, there's a lot to go, you know what, I see it now. But when we're in that journey, well, that's when we begin to question God. That's when we begin to wonder what's going on. If it's a bad journey, and if it's a good journey, well, then we're happy and we're thrilled. But like I said, we all have to go through journeys in our lives. And this week, we're going to look at the Christmas story. And and more importantly, or more in depth, we're going to look at a journey that Mary and Joseph had to take together. But before we do that, let's pray. Father God, I just pray that we hear these words that you are placing on my heart. Lord, use me as a vessel for your message. Open our, our ears to hear, our minds to interpret, our hearts to internalize, and Lord, our wills to do. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading is going to come to us from the book of Luke, starting in chapter 2, verse 1. This is the very beginning of Luke's account of the Christmas story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no room, no guest room available for them. So we're going to rewind and kind of dissect this story a little bit more. Now, the last time we heard about Mary, she was visiting Elizabeth. And after Elizabeth's son, John the Baptist, was born, Mary returned to her home in Nazareth. Now, 
there's probably a good chance that Joseph met her in Nazareth. And knowing the culture of the day, they probably had the official wedding ceremony. We talked about those rituals last week when we talked about Joseph. And they became a married couple. And I'm sure that they began making plans. They probably had a home for themselves established. They were making plans to have a midwife to come in and help to deliver this baby that Mary was pregnant with. They probably were getting ready to enlist the help of her mother to help take care of the baby. There was all these different things and they were that were going in to raising and having a baby and raising a baby that they were making plans for. And on top of that, they were getting building their own marriage and getting ready to become parents. And well, they had laid out these amazing plans, but like happens so often and what is happening so often in this Christmas story, God says, uh-uh, we're going to do it my way. And so Caesar Augustus, wanting to make sure that he can tax the people effectively, aka take more money from them, he needs to know how many people there are. And so he calls for this census to find out how many people are in the land, and they have to return to their hometowns. And so Mary and Joseph are now forced to, to travel to Bethlehem. Now, this is a nine-day journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And Mary is probably nine months pregnant when they have to, to do this trek. And as much as we would love to, to think she would hop on an airplane or jump in the car or, you know, take the bus... None of those things existed, and so they either had to do it on foot or on donkey. Now, I would almost hope that Joseph would have used a donkey to get Mary from Bethlehem or from Nazareth to Bethlehem, but there's a chance they might not have. However, think about this for a minute. If you were, well, women, women, if you're nine months pregnant, are you wanting to walk nine days? Or are you wanting to ride a donkey nine days? And I'm guessing it's probably a toss-up because walking would be very strenuous and hard. However, riding on a donkey is no walk in the park either because you've got all that jostling and rocking and bouncing. And so either way, Mary would be tested. And so there were two paths that they could have taken at that time. The first one would have been going east to the Jordan River where they would have crossed across and then gone south for 60 miles. And then they would have to cross the Jordan River again and go go west to Bethlehem. Now, why would they take that? Why would they make this giant loop? Well, it's what's in the middle. And that was a land called Samaria. And Samaritans and Jewish people didn't get along. There's a long, lengthy list. Why? And we're not going to go too in depth, but in depth with it today. But just know that there was a lot of bad blood between them. And to the point where... They have even been known to kill one another. And so in order to get around Samaria, they would have to go on this giant loop around it to get to Bethlehem. However, there was a chance that they did go straight through Samaria because that route south straight down was sometimes used as a bypass. Like say at Passover when everybody would go to, to Jerusalem for, for Passover there were people, Jewish people were known, excuse me, to cut through, but they had to do it in large numbers. That way, the 
there wasn't that temptation by the Samaritans to exact revenge on these Jewish people for coming into their land. So something like the census probably would have triggered large groups of people heading south. So Mary and Joseph probably could have attached themselves to one of those groups to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And the more I think about it, the more I think that that was probably a more viable option for them, seeing as how Mary was nine months pregnant and wanting to get down there. So they journey to Bethlehem, however they go, and they get there. And while they are there, they the time comes for Mary to give birth. Now, you know, we have built this this narrative in our head about them staying at an inn. But if you look back at those times, inns were really set aside for people that were visiting. Now, Mary and Joseph were visiting. However, they were in his hometown. They were in Joseph's hometown. So there was a good chance that they would have stayed with his parents. Now, if Joseph had a lot of brothers, well, then there wouldn't have been room for them. And Remember that technically this is the Old Testament, and so when a woman gave birth, she was ceremonially unclean for eight days afterwards. And so in order for Mary to have a baby, they probably didn't want her to be in the main house, in the guest room. Not only that, with a lot of people running around, it wasn't too quiet. And so there is a the reason that they ended up in the manger or the stable was probably because it was private and it was a good place for a woman to be unclean. Now, I know that we like to picture this beautiful silent night where everything is calm, all is calm, all is bright. We sing silent night every year for Christmas. But I want you to think about something for a minute. For all intents and purposes, Mary and Joseph are in a barn. Now, we know that there was probably at least one donkey. That's the one that Mary rode in on if they used a donkey. But chances are there was more animals, sheep, some goats, maybe a cow or even some chickens, all in this barn. And as much as we'd like to think it was a silent night, I want you to walk into a barn and just scream at the top of your lungs and see what the animals do. They're probably not going to lay down and, and be quiet. They're probably going to run about. They're going to they're probably going to make some kind of noise on their own. So as much as we like to picture this silent night, it probably wasn't a silent night for Mary and Joseph. Not to mention the fact that Mary, being human, had to give birth, and I don't know anyone that was able to stay completely quiet during birth in one form or another. So with all of these things going on, Mary found herself in a horrific journey. This isn't what she had planned at all in her life. And yet, it's what God had planned for her this whole time. So what are some of the things that we can that we can take away from this this story of the journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem? Well, the first one is that while we may have plans for our own lives, well, they're not God's plans for our lives. Yes, they may line up. There's a chance that they may line up. But ultimately, God has the plans for us, for our lives. And this is how we find ourselves in our journeys. And while we would love to think that every journey that we go on is sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, well, sometimes they can just be downright scary depressing or even tragic. They sometimes can fill us with sorrow and pain. 
The one thing that we need to remember, though, is that God will always be right there beside us as we walk through them. The Bible has so many different examples of of God taking a bad journey and turning it into something glorious. We've talked about Joseph and him being sold into slavery by his brothers, which led to this whole chain reaction of misery and sorrow and pain. But in the end, well, Joseph became a very mighty ruler in the land of Egypt. We look at King David. You know, he would had to flee into the wilderness to get to escape King Saul, who was trying to kill him because he was jealous of him. And he wanted, didn't want David to take over the throne from him. And so David flees into the wilderness. And it's there that he would write many of the psalms that we read in our Bible. And a lot of those psalms are questioning God and wondering, where is God? And why is God doing these things to him? And yet, in the end, he became a mighty king of Israel. In the Old Testament, we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would refuse to worship King Nebuchadnezzar and be thrown into the fire only to be saved by God. All of us here at one point or another will or find ourselves on an unwanted journey. And what it is that we need to remember is that God is still going to be there through it all until at one point or another, his glory can shine through. You know, Mary, all she saw was a barn full of these stinky, smelly farm animals. And I'm sure that she said to herself, I can't believe I'm going to have my baby here. If it wasn't for that stupid Caesar Augustus, I would be at home. I'd have my mother by my side and I would be delivering a baby in the comfort of my own home. And yet here she is. But think about what she doesn't know that's happening outside of town. There's a group of shepherds. You know, that were being visited by an angel. And they would begin sharing the glory of God and coming to visit. Some thousands of miles away, there's these wise men that are looking at a star, which, by the way, we're about to see this week. And they're on their way to worship this new king. There's choruses of angels celebrating the birth of the Son of God. And what she also didn't see was that Easter morning when her child that she watched die three days prior would rise from the dead to redeem all of us. Now, these are all things that Mary couldn't see when all she could see was a stinky, smelly barn. You know, every week we try to come together in one form of another in church, and hopefully during that time you're able to share prayer concerns for for the people in your lives that are finding themselves on an unexpected journey, whether it's in a small group or in a large group church setting or online. You know, we also share our joys for people whose journeys have come to an end. You know, our our lives are simply that, a series of journeys, much like the one from Nazareth, to Bethlehem. And what we have to realize is, and this is the second point, is that God's plan ultimately is going to always be the best plan, even if it doesn't feel like it. We just talked about all these things that were going wrong for Mary at that point in time. And I can sure you can think of a time in your life where you look back and you go, man, when I was in the middle of that, that sucked. And you're like, I, I couldn't even figure out why this guy, this God who said that he is loving and that he cares for me would allow me to go through that. And if you haven't had one of those yet, good for you. But I'm sure at some point it's going to come. 
And while we wallow in our misery and we wallow in our pity and we wallow in the tragicness, tragedy of everything that we're going through, and some of it is very, very, very much needed. And it's it's a must to wallow through some of the things that we end up going through. We have to understand that what God is doing in the background, behind the scenes, is way better than anything that we can see at that point in time. Ultimately, God has this giant plan for the world, okay? We're not even just talking about you now, because you are ultimately just a small piece to a giant puzzle. And while you don't know what the whole plan is, God does. And ultimately, it's a plan of redemption. That's the whole story of Christmas in a nutshell. And we're going to talk about this more on Friday morning, because instead of doing a Christmas Eve message, I'm going to do a message Friday morning on Christmas morning. But ultimately, God is redeeming the world. And that's what Mary had to had to understand at the backside of things, was that that whole plan that she went through was to redeem the world from sin. And that, as much as it must have hurt Mary to sit there and go through it at that point in time, in the very end, I'm sure she looked back on it and went, I get it. I understand. And she praised God for everything that she had to endure to get her to where she is. So when you think about the journey that you've been on or that you're on right now, You know, maybe it's starting or you're in the middle of it or it's just finishing. What I'm asking you to do through this journey is to look and try to find God's hand in it. And if you can't see God's hand in it, well, maybe ask those around you or look at it a little bit further. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. And even ask God, God, Show me where your hand is and what I'm going through now. And then look for him. Place your hope in him. And you might just find that great things are happening. Let's pray. Father God, we find ourselves on journeys each and every day. Some sad, some tragic, some happy, some joyous. But may we always find hope in them, Lord, in all that we do, in all that we endure. May we see your hand in it all. We thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Sunday. We will see you right here tomorrow morning for a Monday morning moment. And like I said, Wednesday we're going to do another little dive into the into the story of the journey of Mary and Joseph. And then Friday morning, Christmas morning, we'll have a special morning message right here. Take care. God bless. Thanks everyone for listening to the Mission 4110 podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's morning moment. You can connect with us further on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Mission 4110. Also, subscribe to our podcast so that you can listen to our newest messages when they release. For Mission 4110, I'm Jacob Mahaffey. Take care and God bless.